is the Journey to Hope podcast, and I'm your host, Sean Zanotti. I believe life is about the journey, not the destination. To find the journey in every step of the road, the highs and lows, the twists and turns, the ups and downs, it's in that, it's in those moments that really makes life beautiful. Our guest today has a journey of his own. Rasan Alexander, known to the world as DJ Fly Guy, began his life in Georgetown before moving to Brooklyn, New York and then finally residing in Miami, Florida, where he lives right now. He's a DJ, he's an entrepreneur, he's an artist, he's a photographer. Please help me welcome DJ Fly Guy to the Journey Told Show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, it's a pleasure. Oh, it's my pleasure to have you. I wanna start off by talking about COVID. For you in the entertainment business as a DJ, which was your you know, your, your main bread and butter, that's, that's who you are, uh, mm-hmm. your world. What was that like for you? Um, you know, take us into your world as you realize, and it's one thing when it's like, okay, we're two weeks, we're gonna be shut down for two weeks and two weeks turns into a month and month turns into two months. And then as the world started, we're starting to realize this is like, okay, a pattern of some longevity and clubs are closed down and so forth and so on. And the pattern just keeps going. Um, how did you stay focused mentally? And uh, how did you push through? Uh, well, it was very trying on your mental state, on your mental health. I didn't DJ for nine straight months. And myself and a lot of my fellow DJs, what, what it made us realize is relationships are everything. Because when things started to open, again, I still have a lot of DJ friends who aren't working. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't really have the relationships with certain venues or promoters or people, managers or whatever to get them back into gigs. Um, and I'm thankful that I've been able to maintain my relationships with so many good people for over 10 years that put me in a position that once things started to reopen again, I found myself back in the same places, most of the same places that I was in pre-quarantine. But it was it was extremely stressful. And, you know, it was depressing. It was, you know, <clears throat> this is how my rekindling of my passion for photography came in because I wasn't doing anything. I didn't have anything to do every day. And, and you know, I live alone. So quarantining by yourself is not, is not easy. Uh, and then I know people talked about getting frustrated because they are with their significant others or their kids every day. And I'm like, well, I rather wish I had that and to be by myself every day. So that turned into, well, let me go and do Instagram DJ live sets. And at least I have some form of therapeutic outlet and then I can continue to do uh, uh, provide a service for other people. And that kind of created this whole network that was called the Club Corona Crew, which is like a group of people who started following me from different cities and they became friends and started a group chat and would come in my Instagram live every night. And that went on for about six months. And honestly, that was the way I was able to buy a lot of groceries because they would send me cash apps and, and PayPal's and tips and sell and Venmo just for going live every night. So that's how I was able to eat. Oh, I just, I'm just, just as you're talking, I'm getting chills because I understand, you know, I'm a publicist and from the PR world, just watching and listening and understanding and talking to my clients, that is literally how this whole idea, this podcast came about. Um, I was listening to stories and understanding and trying to figure out how can I do this and do that and, you know, help this person, help that person. And, and then understanding that I needed to get the stories out of what, he, what people were going through. Um, so I know what you're saying. And um, 
let's let's dive into that one little thing that you just said I wanted to uh, talk about. The power of social media, I think, is just underestimated. Um, the positive side of what I'm saying. So often people talk about the negative ends of the social media does this, it does that, and you know puts this kind of pressure. And you hear all the, the the negative components. But let's give some props to the positive ends of what social media did to keeping all of us connected if you will, uh, in the midst of COVID, during COVID, um, as we're coming out of COVID, as you know, we're migrating through, it has changed the business. It's changed the PR business. It's changed how we pitch, you know, outlets. It's changing how people are getting their news. And, you know, listening to you talk and so many other clients talk, it's it's changing how, it's changed how people, um, it, it, kept, it kept people afloat. People were able to tip, uh, dive into that into your into your community and what those live dj sets did for you for your for your mojo if you will for your you know to keep, kind of keep you going and what that extra those that extra let the world know how much of a need i guess how impactful those tips were to you during that time oh extremely impactful i mean i'm i'm top five dj in miami you know yeah. and that's and i've been for a few years now. So I'm used to entertaining 1,500, 2,000, 2,500 people every week over a course of three or four days. I do big clubs, live nightclubs, story nightclub, things like that. Um, so I have a, a pretty extensive following. So when it came time to do Instagram live sets and then people were quarantining just like me and they couldn't go anywhere, they really showed up and showed their support and appreciation for what it is that I've done for the city for so many years by tipping and saying, well, you know, a lot of us are working from home. You're providing uh, uh, your talent and your energy and your service, but you're not getting anything from it financially. So here, here goes $25, here goes $100, here goes $5. It, it ranged. And I was so thankful and so appreciative for any level of it because I had nothing. So I didn't mind if someone sent $5 or somebody one person sent me $1,000. You know, it, it was so the DJ, the role of the DJ, no matter what level of career you were on, we all got flatlined to the same level mm -hmm. because none of us were working. None of us could play anywhere and get paid for it like what we were doing pre-pandemic. So it's a, it was humbling as much as it was stressful, but I'm so appreciative for like my fans and followers and people that truly, truly supported me and continue to support me to this day. And let's take it a step further. So this is going on, like, just, just if you can take the world into your mindset, you know, you're a DJ, you're doing these sets, you're building your community, and you're trying to stay mentally focused. But at the same time, you know, you have to monitor your mental health um, and the mental health of others. What did you do to do that? How did you protect your mental health? by making sure I went on every day, even at my most stressful times or my most worrisome times, because I would get messages from people like nurses, for example, some nurses that I know who were working in COVID uh, areas of their hospitals. And they would tell me that they were work, you know, 19 hour days, 20 hour days. And the only peace or solace they would have is on their car ride to get food or go home and sleep for two hours. And they would turn on my Instagram live set and that would carry them through and rejuvenate them and keep them in a positive mindset because I was playing feel good music. You know, I wasn't necessarily playing the music I would play in the club. I, would, I was playing the music that kept your spirits up, 
you know, you know, at least for me, it's like old school R&B, 90s R&B, 90s hip hop, you know, stuff like that. Um, and I would play that. And that's how people got their, their therapeutic moments. And then in turn, it did a, the same thing for me. You know why that is, I think, at least for me, because you heal, I, I heal you 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 heal as you help others. You're you're healing in the, in that creativity. So that's that's the beauty of giving. Yeah, exactly. So let's let's so you, you that's going on, and then in the midst of that, you get this desire to dive into your photography, um, and this exhibit comes into play. Tell me about that. So at the time when I, I picked up a camera, because what a lot of people don't know about me is I, I fell in love with the craft of photography in high school, uh, right around the time when the movie Love Jones came out. And I was very heavily inspired by Gordon Parks and his imagery. And I went and did research on him. And I did a high school project uh, that I received an A plus on. It was a black and white photography story, a visual story. But you know, life went on its course down this path and I never had a chance to really explore that that path that creative path and then i became a dj and then for the past 13 years that's what i've been doing so you take all of that you shut that down instantaneously overnight and i'm quarantined and i can't do anything and then you add in the fact of being glued to cnn every day and all you keep hearing is how many people are dying every day from covid and it's thousands and thousands and thousands and then you have the murder of george floyd in your face mm -hmm. and you see the protests happening something in me inside my spirit told me that I needed to go out and capture what was happening in the city of Miami mm -hmm. and show it to people beyond social media, beyond the phone screen. Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily know when I started that, that it was going to turn into an exhibit and a book. But as I'm taking, you know, a thousand pictures, 1500 pictures, 2000 pictures, I'm like, what can I do with this? That's going to make it stand out. That's going to differentiate it from everyone else who's out here with a camera taking photos and posting them on Instagram. And that's when the idea of doing an, an exhibit came to mind. And then I worked on that for five months planning, trying to figure out if it was even gonna, gonna happen. And it did. And it happened and it was successful. Yeah, I would like, yeah, I think, I think it was successful. You know, in August, I took a social media hiatus and I, I got off Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everything for like two and a half months. And then during that time, I launched a GoFundMe campaign to help finance the exhibit and the book. And I raised over $10,000 for it. And that was how I was able to, to do it. And when I tell you every single penny from that GoFundMe went into the financing of that exhibit, and then, and then I still had to borrow a little extra money uh, mm -hmm. at, at the end of it. But that's how I was able to do that because again, the people, here in this city truly support me as a brand, as an entity, as a creative. And that's how I was able to execute that. What does that feel like to have, uh, to know that, you know, collectively, I think the pandemic, we're all in the same spot. There's like no one was, it's like not one person's over the other person. Everyone, no matter, you know, your profession, you were impacted. And um, how does that feel to know that regardless of the circumstance, people were still giving to you um, in the midst of, you know, more than likely probably in their own trials at the same time financially? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was so it was so humbling. And, and you know, because sometimes you wonder, you know, at least in the nightlife business here, you kind of wonder who's really genuine or who's trying to just stay close to you for access to celebrity right. or to whatever. 
And what that showed me is that I actually have real true support in my corner. And, and I think my, because my reputation precedes itself and people know that I'm a genuine person and I'm a good person and I move with good intention. And I think that that's pretty evident in the support that I got back from the people. So the book's called To Miami with Love. And yeah. inside of that book, um, I do know that you're the goal. Um, I read your goal was to, to be able to provide a pathway for people who are struggling to find their purpose um, and to be able to give them a level of safety, um, if you will, through, through your work. Do you feel as though um, that, that it's resonating with people? What, what's, kind of, what's the feedback that you're getting from people as they're um, you know, jogging through your book? Well, I've, I've sold out of books three times since- Ooh. Come on with it. December. Yeah. So look at I, that testimony. I don't mean to cut you off, but for you to say here, you had to, you know, let's just go through the facts here. This is just how I am on this show. You had to, you are a DJ. You step out on faith of something that's entirely way different in the midst of COVID because the finance, finances are coming in on one way because everything is shut down. You step out on faith and say, let me go back to this, um, this path that I was on back in high school and see if this, if there's still something there, which it is, because when you get the nudge, you get the voice, it's a gift and the gift doesn't go away. You got to complete the gift. So you circle back to the gift, you borrow from people, you put up a GoFundMe page, the work, the community in Miami supports you, puts to get, you raise the money, get an exhibit together. You work on the exhibit for five months and you tell them, once you put it out there, your books sell out three times, sold out. Yep. What, what is that a testament of? Just what? Just do it. Just make the step. Just start. Yep. I live by a mantra that this author, Robert Greene, wrote. He's the author of 48 Laws of Power, The Art of Seduction. And he also wrote this book called The 50th Law. And in that book, he has a part where he says, life rewards the risk takers. And in a moment when you feel the most apprehensive or the most hesitant about making a certain decision, that's the exact moment when you should do it. Because it's in that leap of faith, it's in that fearlessness and that moment is when you'll get your greatest reward. And that's how I live by always. Oh, I love that. It's so true. Because if you think about it, you know, the learning lessons in life, at least, at least for me, they don't come when everything is sweet and going great. And, you know, you just, you know, going through and cruising through life. It's not in those moments in life. It comes right. in the uncomfortable moments and the moments where you don't know when what you just said, where the next dollar is going to come from or right. the next retainer is going to come from or what's the, the next outlook is going to look like. It's mm -hmm. in the tough moments that you figure it out because you have to figure it out. Right. And um, I think that's why God does that. Sometimes you got to go through that. And if, if everything was sweet, you know, always nice, then when it's, you won't be able to appreciate those moments. You know, you get, you got it. When they say you grow through it, you grow through it. And that's the, that's why we have this show. That's why I start off the show with that same message. Cause it is about the journey, about those twists and turns and the ups and downs. It's about every moment of that, the process. And this is your process and your process is so amazing. Um, I want to switch gears a tad bit and talking about the process because I know um, that your father um, passed away when you were 15 years old mm -hmm. and my condolences to you um, and I know that he passed away from cancer what was that like for you um, losing your dad and um, 
how have you been able to use that or, or do you use, have you used that situation to help another who may have lost their father at a young age? So my father passing away at 15, pancreatic cancer is the most traumatic thing I've ever experienced. And, I, and I've been through a lot uh, mm -hmm. in my life thus far because he, he was my best friend. He and I were extremely close. He was still married to my mother. So to watch him basically deteriorate from cancer for a year and a year and change was, was shocking to me. And I didn't know how to handle it. And it was right around my formative years of trying to become a man or what it takes to be a man. And it, 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 it made me into an introvert because I didn't know how to communicate with anyone after that. I didn't know how to talk about my feelings. I just put my, you know, came into a shell. It's why I've become such an advocate about mental health, because I know what I was like as a teenager coming out of high school, going into college. And I didn't want people around me or people that look up to me to kind of go down the same path if they have experienced similar traumas or pain. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they lost a parent, but maybe they just dealt with something that made them become a closed in person. And I just used the, the, the memories of him to try to be there for people and be a voice for those who might be too embarrassed to say that they need help or they're suffering or they need to talk to somebody. And that's that's been a, a, a platform that I've tried to really expand and, and make very prevalent in my life, which I'm actually getting ready to speak on a mental health panel uh, on June 28th for the third time in three years. Okay, let's talk about mental health a bit. Um, what, what do you attribute the stigma that, um, is sometimes placed around mental health? And how do you think we move past the stigma that can be placed around it to understanding that the normalcy that um, I think is actually there when it comes to mental health in itself? Well, you know, in our, in our culture and, you know, black and brown culture, how we grow up, they, you know, they always tell you, especially if you're a, a boy, you know, shake it off, walk it off, toughen up, mm -hmm. you know, what are you crying for? You know, we, we aren't, encouraged to show our emotions when it's anything other than aggression or, or, or strength. And I think that, that that does a disservice to our mental health from a very young age. In terms of normalizing mental health, I think it takes people with big platforms to be honest about the issues that they're going through and say that, no, it's an actual thing. And it's okay to be experiencing this thing because believe it or not, many of us are going through it or have been through it. And, and you know, seeking out therapy or, or trying to find somebody to talk to, confide in, is not, doesn't make you weak. It's not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength mm. when you can acknowledge that you need help with something and then, you know, seek out the help for it. So. Come on, that's a word right there. I mean, I feel like um, that's, it's a, it, to me, it once was a stigma about therapy too. I, I don't, I don't think that anymore. In fact, everyone in my circle, my immediate circle is in some form of therapy along with myself. And it makes me wonder if, you know, if you're not in therapy or how, you know, it's almost like, well, are you working on yourself or what's wrong with you right. to me in my mindset? You know, I feel like that is a natural progression that right. needs to happen in life as, you know, as you maneuver through and, and baggage comes and things, you know, happen mm -hmm. for you. What do you do to keep your, um, you know, keep you mentally sane? How do you, how do you uh, stay focused? And, you know, how do you keep your path 
you know, floating where you're able to do so well and be able to give yourself to others in, the, in an effective way. Prayer is the number one thing for me. Mm-hmm. Like I have, I consider myself a very spiritual person. Um, and I know everyone has their different spiritual beliefs, what they choose to believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe there's a higher power and I speak to that higher power every day. And I continuously ask for the strength to continue to push through what I'm going through, you know, and to be, because I think I have a bigger purpose than just here to play music and entertain people or just to take photos and give people thing, give people nice things to look at. You know, I think I have a bigger purpose than that. And I think that I'm now kind of finding that, that path of the, the calling or the greater, the greater purpose. Um, I think yes. that's kind of like, it's revealing itself presently coming out of all this pandemic and quarantine madness. Oh, I love that. It's true. You know what? Because I think what, what COVID did for so many of us, myself included, it for you're under these conditions where you um we were forced to be in our homes. You were forced to figure other things out and um and try it. And as a creative, you try it. And if it, and if you fly using your name, DJ Fly Guy, you fly. And I think yeah. you're you're flying right now. And so my my advice to you is to continue to fly and keep flying and keep soaring. Um, I think the, the, the message here, your message is so powerful because at the end of the day, it all begins with the step. And you took that step when you didn't see the vision wasn't quite there. You just had the inkling, the calling, you knew it was something a little bit more and you trusted that and stepped out on that. And to me that, that just, I admire that. I think that's amazing, especially for, you know, uh, for you as a man do that, I think is, is just, you know, it's powerful. So kudos to you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, what's next? What's, what's next for you? Um, well, my book just got inducted into the registered rather with the Library of Congress. Um, so now it's in the official library of, of the United States. Um, yes. And two weeks ago, the hist- we have something here in Miami called the History Miami Museum, where they basically have everything in there that tells the history about the city dating back to the 1600s when the Seminole uh, indigenous people who people think are from Florida and they're actually not, even though Florida State's university's mascot is a Seminole, the Seminoles actually came and migrated to Florida from uh, Northern states like Oklahoma. So we have everything there archives back from the 1600s to present day. And now the museum wants my entire 2000 photo archive or, or, or collection as mm. part of the history of Miami because they, they feel like what I captured was historic and it needs to be uh, um, protected and, and curated uh, f- forever going forward. So that's a, that's a major thing for me to feel like they feel, they feel like it's good enough to be considered his, history for the city. And, and yeah, so that a hundred years from now, God willing, the museum still exists. And somebody wants to know what the pandemic looked like in the year 2020, and it's the year 2120. Now they have a visual representation uh, and tangible inside that museum. So that's really big for me and my family. That's awesome. Congratulations. Um, what advice can you give to someone else who may be watching or either listening to us um, who another fellow DJ um, who 
you know, let's just be frank and honest here. This is a real, this is a real show. We do real conversations who, you know, they don't have an income coming in right now um, because, you know, it's, it, 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 things aren't quite back going right now or, or, or just starting to come around and opportunities not there. What, do you, what advice can you give to someone to uh, make ends meet? What, what should they do? Should they hop on social media? What, I mean, what, what should they do? How can you make it um, right now if that's your craft, that's your gift? I think social media and marketing yourself is extremely paramount as in nowadays if you're an entertainer music singing dj whatever you do um marketing is 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 number one figure out who you are as an identity you know what is your brand because it has to be bigger than just you as an individual that's one thing what is your brand what defines it and then figure out where your niche is in the city that you live in in the community that you live in that's one thing a second thing is to maybe not be as as prideful in terms of looking for gigs because things are slowly getting back to normal. Like you might have to take a gig that pays lower than what you were used to doing beforehand, just to be able to get your name out there and get it circulating again, you know, amongst amongst the, the industry, because the, the hospitality industry, especially in Miami is so fickle. And it's like really literally out of sight, out of mind, out of touch, out of mind. And you have to make it a point to remain on people's consciousness. And ways to do that now is, you know, marketing, number one, being on social media and utilizing it properly, because as you said earlier, you know, social media is a weapon and depending on whose hands it's in is how is how it gets used. Right. And then just being out there and seeing what's going on in your city, what venues are open, who's doing parties, can you create your own event and make money that way if nobody's going to book you because I did that 10 years ago. Nobody would book me, so I created my own event, and then I started booking other DJs, and then I would just do a set at some point uh, during the event. So, you know, you got to think outside the box. Thinking outside the box, that's what it's about. It's like, um, you know, if you're going to recreate the real, you got to recreate recreate it, but recreate it with something a little bit of a, a little bit spicy, a little bit different, a little bit of a something that's going to make it unique. That's my branding tip, if you will. That's going to I'm adding into the mix of this podcast episode. <laughs> um, let's I want to give some more tips to people. I like to give resources. Um, so when people tune in, they do leave better uh, than before they tuned in. If you are someone who um, let's do it the other way, if you are uh, in, the, in, in the midst of maybe switching career paths right now and um, maybe you know a little bit afraid to jump and jump out there what advice can you give to that what made you know how do you know when it's okay to jump what 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 lets you know it's time listen honestly i can never tell somebody else to jump or they should i just know what works for me and how i choose to live my life and i'm i've always been someone willing to take the jump you have many people that are complacent in how their life is and they're they're comfortable with their safety net and i've never been a safety net type of person and like i like robert green said you know life rewards the risk takers so you know you 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 walk into a room you know you ever walk into like a haunted house or something or a dark room and you don't know where like the the bathroom is or the end is and you kind of just got to feel your way there and yes. there's really not a whole lot of light but you're trusting something yeah. that you're not going to walk off a cliff or something like that it's like that same type of mentality like 
You might not know where your next destination, your next endpoint is going to be, but start to walk down the path. Mm -hmm. Don't listen to, don't let the fear, you know, incapacitate you. Unless you just like being, you know, complacent and stuck, you know, with in, in whatever position you're in. But life's too short to be complacent, you know. Like we gotta, we're too brilliant as a people. And when I say us, I mean like black and brown people. We're too intelligent. We have too many gifts, too many blessings to confide ourselves to one avenue or one lane or put it put each other in a box like we so love to do so much. I think you know, if we tap into you know the other levels of our of our genius, even even if we're afraid to you'll find that that greatest reward. I truly, truly believe that because I've done it by example a few times in my life. Yeah, it's when you step out on that, on that, that little thing, that little, that little one thing that you're a little fearful about. Um, just try it. In fact, that was my Instagram post. Uh, I just posted today it was about that. If you just say yes, just try the yes. I think it's use a day of saying yes to something you probably would say no to. And let's just see what the outcome is. You know, what do you have to lose? What's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen, right? Um, yeah. Really? Seriously? So what's so um, is 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 the end goal? What's your end goal? If you can like click your heels three times and you know magic happened, what would that magic look like for DJ Fly Guy? Uh, owning my own nightclub, number okay. one. Yeah, even still, even in the midst of everything, even as we're coming out mm -hmm. of all this, you still want to own a club in Miami? Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. So I have a documentary that's coming out in a couple of months about pivoting and how I was able to go from where I, who I was in high school to basically the publishing of the book. And that's called Pivot, the 2020 story. So having my documentary win at the Cannes Film Festival uh, would be would be also amazing. Um, and, you know, putting my daughter through college and making sure that she's on the right path. Like that's what's magic for me. That, that, that's all I need. That's all you need. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I appreciate you just giving these words of advice. I want to wrap up um, with the segment of my show that I call Tell and Tell, which is a play on the word show and tell. Um, what is something that you can tell our audience about yourself that um, the world does not know about you yet? Um, some Like a secret, if you will, that you're interested in sharing. I am a really good billiard player, pool player. Mm, wow. Okay. I would not have like, thought I wanted, that. I, I was a kid. Uh, I wanted to be a professional and be on ESPN uh, playing pool. I used to do tournaments when I was a kid. And my father got me into playing pool. And that's not something that you really hear from a lot of young black boys. But no, I'm shocked. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then I, I, I would, I have to follow up with saying, what's stopping you? Why have you not started? <laughs> why, why, like, hello? I mean, you know, I, who knows? Maybe, maybe, you know, in my midlife crisis, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. You know, we'll see. You never know. You never know. But, Keep yeah. it because I, I am a big believer when you get an inkling for something, that means you have a gift there. And when you ignore that, you can ignore it. But at some point in your life, you have to complete that. It's, it's you have the inkling for a reason. So don't ignore that. Don't ignore that gift. I have a well, pool table you. in my building. I'm going to go play when we, uh, when we get off. Oh my gosh, look at that. 
Look, I just inspired you to do that because and 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 that was spiritually done. You know that. You know have helped you know that that's how these things work, how life works. So I'm speaking this to you, but through a bigger a bigger purpose, a bigger being. Another another being is having that come that way. But yeah, please please do don't don't give up on that. It's there. You have that gift for a reason. So don't ignore it. Right. Well, thank you so much for being on this show. Um, if someone is interested in following you on your journey. Uh, whether it be with your mm -hmm. photography, with the books, um, or with just your, you know, with your DJing and itself, or just your, your quarantine group, how can they do that? What do they need to do? A, a fly guy on Instagram, a fly okay. guy. And if they want to see or get their hands on the book, they can go to, to miamiwithlove.com and they can pick up a copy of the book. 11 by 14 coffee table size, all black and white images, capturing and chronicling Miami's 2020 quarantine life. Miami's 2020 quarantine life. I think it's so amazing. Such a brilliant idea. So needed. Uh, it's one, it, it, this is definitely, we are walking in history. You saw that uh, creatively and you, you made history. So kudos to you for thinking out of the box and following through with that. Um, I think it's amazing. Thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me so much. All right. Thank Bye. you so much. All right. Well, that's it for this episode of the Journey Told podcast. I'm going to leave you with words that my father so often would say to me, and that's to be the best version of you that you can be. Until next time, folks, let that sizzle in your spirit. Mm -hmm.